so it doesn't fucking bleed into the microphone. Um, obviously, before we go into the episode, we should uh, talk talk the big the big two news is uh, one. Obviously, Biden was elected. Yeah, that was great. What uh, a fantastic win. I, uh, yeah, I, I still don't. Has he actually um conceded as yet? I'm assuming not. No, he's not conceded. I don't think he will concede. I, I reckon he's going to be still talking about it in like 15 years. <laughs> oh, yeah, so do I. I think he's still going to be claiming he's the president. His 2024 presidential campaign will be, can I have a third term, please? Because my second can was you, stolen from me. Can, can you run again? Yeah, you can run again. You just can't have more than two consecutive terms. So Obama oh, well, so could you... come back. Oh yeah, oh, Obama could have ran this one, I believe. I didn't know that. I thought it was a. I thought it was a two and done, never again. No, it's a two and piss off for a little bit and come back in four years time. Come, uh, maybe yeah. if, if you're lucky, you'll get in again. Uh, yeah, go away and become a, a Netflix producer. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, let's be honest. You don't really want to run a country for like. Oh, how 10, exhausting! How yeah, exhausting! Years being in, a row. in charge. Honestly, I hate when I have to. Ta- I hate when I have to choose what's for dinner. <laughs> yeah, if, if I've got more thought, than five options, I'm like, I don't care. Just pick something. Uh, honestly, the 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 anxiety of of I'm, there will be, never be a case that I'll ever be in charge of anything really. But the stress of thinking that I could possibly is is more than I can handle. Like I'd. I, I, I do. I, I do feel like leaders should be. Everyone should be in charge for like four hours. Just four hours at a time. Four hours at a time. So, so much so that you can never get anything done, but also you can never really affect anything too negative. But then you can't make any positive change. Well, no, because there would be positive change because people would just be basically going along and doing that, and then the the shitty people would be too distracted by waiting for their turn to do anything negative the whole time. They're just going to be prepping for their four hours, like, super intensely. But then they realise you can't do anything <laughs> to get anything done in four hours. So everything else will get be done, like, backhandedly positive. Possibly. But I well, think the fact that you want to be in charge should negate you from ever being in charge. Well, purely because what you should want happen the power. Is, yeah, you, it should be someone... They should go through every single job ever. I know it would be a really intensive process. And basically find the best person at organising. Because that's what essentially, that's what a president should be doing. They should be making these decisions. They should be hearing everyone's things and getting it done. They should yeah. be taking everyone's input and then just getting it. So what you need is a real good delegator organiser. And that doesn't want to be in charge. And they should hate every single day that they're in that office. And they're like, yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm just trying to... Get get everyone water, like. Isn't that what Trump did though? He just went and played golf. I don't know. Uh, are you okay? You seem to be uh... okay. You look like you're in some distress. <laughs> yeah, my headphone was just caught in a really weird angle around my ear. Okay, you were there like. <laughs> you look like you were in absolute agony. Like, ah. uh, but the other um, positive news, which I don't know if it really is positive, it's good probably for the the world's psyche. But uh, Peter Sutcliffe finally shuffled off this fucking mortal coil. Yeah, that was pretty. That was what did pretty he die ugly. of? I didn't. I didn't even look it up. I think it's COVID. 
I think COVID. No, him. I don't think COVID I, took him. I read somewhere he was refusing uh, medication and support for his COVID diagnosis. Oh, I didn't even know he had COVID. I think it's been pretty quick. I know it was. I think it was Wednesday. He was taken into hospital. Oh. I'll find out. Was his hair still perfectly square? Did he still have that perfectly square <laughs> set of hair? That classic Sutcliffe. That, that barnet was pruned. See if good old Wiki's been updated yet. Oh, of course, Wiki's been updated. Those people are on it. Yeah, he said that he died in North Durham Hospital uh, yesterday, where he was Close, he mate. said to have you... refused treatment for COVID-19 after having previously been uh, returned to Franklin uh, for a suspected heart attack. But was he still in Broadmoor? No, he's been at Durham, Durham Franklin. Prison. Oh, so he's been in... Is Durham... Durham's the monster mansion, isn't it? They call uh, that. Pretty much. It's like the... I think it's one of the highest in the country of... It's where everyone is. It's all the all the big baddies are yeah, hanging out. You, yeah, it's category A male prison. Is um is uh Watkins there? Uh, I'll let you know. I'd I'd imagine Watkins went there. Cause they can't just be sticking him in in a normal prison. No, Ian Huntley's there. What about um? What what's the one who uh, killed all those uh, sex workers in Ipswich? I don't. Oh. What was his name? He went. He was like another, uh, like uh, what they called uh, missionary serial killer, and he was like saying, like, oh, he was killing them because they were, uh, literally because they were sex workers. Also, have you seen that um that bitch? I think she's also up north. That one who was killing that nurse. She was uh, killing all those babies. No. I I just heard about this on the on the news like in passing at work yesterday, and I was there like apparently she's a I think she's a another like Black Widow nurse. Oh shit! Uh, let me. Go into news. Harold Shipman was at uh, Franklin as well at one point. Mm-hmm. Along with Charles Bronson was there as well. Uh... Nurse, baby killer. Yeah. Uh, Lucy Letby. Arrested for a third time for murders of eight additional infants. She was just killing babies. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Yeah, it's fucked up. No, she's not there, but I mean, she needs to be put down. But she's, this is recent, like she, uh, this is like just happening now. Uh, accused of murdering eight babies and trying to kill ten more. No, she's uh, she's only thirty. Fucking hell! What's her issue? I don't know. Uh, I, I, where's the the Guardian's probably the best source, isn't it? But other than the Mail. <laughs> yeah, go with the Guardian. Uh, let uh, a nurse accused of killing eight babies at a hospital in the neonatal unit has been remanded into custody, appealing. Uh, caught by a video link, Lucy Letby sat at a desk beside her solicitor and only spoke at the at her twelve minute hearing to give her name, address, and the date of birth. She also faces ten charges of attempted murder. Uh, Letby, thirty, is accused of murdering five baby boys 
uh, Clement Bennett, Joseph Johnson, Barney Gee, or G, uh, Joseph Gelder and Eli Gelder. Ooh. Three girls. Uh, that must have been, I'm assuming, at the same time, those two. Uh, three girls, Elsie McNall, Daisy Parkin and Maddie Freed at uh, Chester Hospital. But yeah, fucking hell. She was, she only went to magistrates. I suppose they're not holding um, thingy trials, are they? So they're probably not having all of the, all of the juries meet up. Hopefully that means she goes down quicker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're gonna. It's overwhelmed. Fuck me. Do you want some more positive news to bring us back up before we start the podcast? Uh, yeah, yeah. Before what? Before uh, more positive than baby death? Just a little. <laughs> According to Discover magazine, real-life vampires exist and researchers are studying them. What? Yeah. They've been spending five years conducting ethnographic studies of the real vampires living in New Orleans and Buffalo. Which if there was going to be vampires, it was going to be in New Orleans. No, but are we talking like um, modern vampires so they're... Are they psychic based or are they sanguine vampires? Are they drinking blood? Uh, I don't think they're drinking blood. They. I don't know, maybe they are. Yeah. They are drinking blood. So now, they when they say. Blood or psychic, uh, psychic energy from donors in order to feel healthy. So yeah, these are, they're psychic, more psychic vampires because that is a big divide within the modern vampire world is um, psychic or I think it's sanguine, so blood. So the modern psychic vampires are like, no, no, all this blood shit is kind of nonsense. We just, because their whole thing is, uh, I think they they can't, so how we basically get our energy from the, almost like the collective unconsciousness, how that sort of everyone's energy like provides energy for them. They can't source their life force essentially that way so they need to take it from others but i think they can also they also claim they can also give energy as well all right but this is that's a fascinating uh a fascinating thing that so that who's studying this who is this where have you seen this information oh i'll find that but there they are uh, they practiced sangarian and psychic feeding so they're both they're both a combo yeah, nice big combo. Uh, I'm trying to find out cool. who's doing the study. Yeah, if it's just like Dave in like fucking <laughs> in the back shed of Louisiana, I was like, "That's um, you're making porn. <laughs> like you're not you're making fetish videos. You're not doing research." Local meth dealer Dave. Yeah, exactly. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. He's like Creole. He's like, we all went down by you and him sitting in the and bleeding. That's probably really offensive to uh, people from Louisiana, but that's um that's absolutely fascinating. Where did you see this? Is it from the Guardian? Because uh... no, Discover magazine. It's a guy called John Edgar Browning. He's a he's a postdoctoral fellow in the study of lit- literature, media, communications at Georgia Institute of Technology. Oh, so this is um seems pretty legit then. Yeah, it's a real, real study. That's a, that's pretty cool. Um, so uh, before we forget, let us um, 
welcome everyone back because uh, we failed to do so the last couple of times uh, to another episode of 109 Ocean Avenue. I am Jamie. With and me I'm is Jack. of the voice. Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah. We're, we're really not we're we're in sync with this intro in. I'll tell you what, we're, we're, 200 miles is a big distance to, to not be syncing an intro in. <laughs> Um, but uh, we're here for a, I I don't know yet if this is going to be a full length or a mini because uh, we are we are talking Southeast Asian uh, folklore. It's definitely part one of at least two. Oh, yeah, if not a thousand, because there's um there's a lot of not only is there a lot of countries in uh, Southeast Asia, and again we're saying Southeast Asia. It's also East Asia because I don't think China's technically counts as Southeast Asia, but I've got a no, couple of Chinese yeah. ones there. Uh, I think maybe I might get into one from Pakistan. So again, we're we're going all over Asia, really. It's just Asia, Asian folklore. It's just Asia. It's Asian folklore. Let's call it that instead of Southeast Asia. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, we can get. Well, <laughs> welcome to another episode of 109 Ocean Avenue. Uh, we will be talking uh, Asian folklore. <laughs> uh, so yeah, take uh, take it away. Yeah, obviously, we thought we'd do a full episode on this after our brief encounter with Toilet Morpheus, a.k.a. Red Cape, Akamanto. Oh, my God. Uh, and also Hanako-san, the morning myrtle of folklore. Mm-hmm. In I can't remember what episode that was. I believe those were both from the Bloody Mary episode. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so we thought we'd do Asian folklore and cover some more urban legends from that side of the world, which is distinctively more interesting than most of ours, I'd say. Oh, yeah. But also what I've found is there is a, a great deal of... I feel like the sentiment to these are to a lot, especially because I think you've gone down the low line of slightly more folklore ones. M- mine are... I've definitely had a look of more of the modern ones and mine are more, a lot more quick, like, especially with Korean, like, urban legends, which are kind of, like, quick, fast-paced, just tiny little story things. But they're very similar to... The American ones where they kind of sort of all deal with uh, well, there's one of them which is uh, I'll just do it quickly. Like it's a one in South Korea which started in around 2010, which is that basically kidnappers were coming and taking anyone listening to loud music, and this um this got so like prevalent in lots of parts of South Korea that there are billboards warning things people to not be wa- walking around because there's a famous story of there was a girl walking down a dark alleyway she was bopping along probably to some K-pop. And uh, she was then abducted by several people and, like, assaulted before being, like, just released back to exactly where they found her. But there doesn't really seem to be much actual information on it. But it just seems to be far more, like, it's a cautionary tale to be, like, you're walking around with great big headphones on. Not only is there, like, a million people on the fucking streets, but literally you could walk out into traffic and anything could happen. So it seems it seems to hold the same thing of, like, cautionary tales. And yeah, lots of, it seems to be, lots of it seems to do with like vanity and things like that. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick us off with a one called Oni or Onai. It roughly translates to demon, and although part of the Japanese folklore for this actually came over from China with the introduction of Buddhism around uh, 502. Oni. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. The fact that any that the date is five hundred and two, and they were like, "Yep, that's when it happened." But, but, 
Onya is said to be of giant size, extremely powerful and fearful in appearance, normally appearing red with horns and sometimes depicting three eyes, probably like three or four horns. It doesn't have to be just your standard two. Think like a jacked up ogre. Shrek gone wild. Mm. So this um, sort of this sounds um, quite similar to Norse mythology. Like they have a lot of these weird kind of ogre-like creatures, which seem to be like... In their in the Norse mythology, they seem to sort of be like the almost bastard sons of like the gods. Yeah, these definitely have cruel and uh, cruel and malicious creatures, said to have once been humans. But when a truly evil human dies and is sent to the one of the many levels of Buddhist hell, they are reborn into Ornai after being abused and tortured by fellow Ornai in hell. They serve the great, great Lord Yama, or Iyama, uh, the ruler of hell. And is he a, is Yama a llama? And is there any <laughs> evidence <laughs> of that? There's no evidence that he is not a y- llama. That, that is Yama the llama? Uh, but yeah, I certainly haven't seen anything that negates that. But this, this already seems, another crossover of folk, this seems quite similar to uh, like the Wendigo thing from Native American. Yeah, uh, folklore, yeah. which obviously is if you eat the flesh of uh, another human, you'll be kind of reborn as a Wendigo and you'll always be starving and always need to, you, no matter how much more flesh you eat, you can never like ever s- qu- cease the hunger. Speaking of which, have you played, have you guys played Until Dawn yet? Uh, I have played, played the yours? start bit of it, but it's really annoying because I turned it up for the brightness too high and I can't seem to get back to the start to turn down the brightness. So I can just see everything. Oh, so I like, they're like, okay, what I'll do is I'll delete it and then redo it. So I might actually play that, play that later. You definitely need to have the brightness. Like, just mm, I turned it up too high and I can just see everything. It works much better. Yeah. Uh, it's possible for truly evil human beings who are still alive to turn into Onai before death, such as the story of uh, Shoten Dojai. He was a orphan child who turned to Buddhism and although smart could not stick to the Buddhist lifestyle of the the community he was living in and would often end up fighting with the other monks he held no respect or discipline and was constantly drunk which is why he got the name Shotin Dojai which roughly translates roughly translates to little drunkard that that's a great name if, if I mean if if that's the, if that's the worst thing to come out of you being a drunk it's probably the best thing. It's a badass nickname as well. Yeah, it's pretty badass. And it's not like, oh, yeah, the, the guy who comes home and mistreats his family would be a much worse nickname to have as a drunk. Yeah. But I think at this point, he was like probably teenage, mm. yeah, like late teens, sort of. And during a Buddhist festival, he decided to get drunk, as usual, put on an Onai mask and start pulling pranks and scaring guests at the festival. However, when the festival was over, it, he'd found the mask had fused to his face. Oh. He became full of anger and fled the monastery uh, to live out his life in the mountains alone. Roughly thought to be a fortress at Mount Ikubu. Ikibi? Probably saying that wrong. Ibuki? Ibuki? I-B-U-K-I, anyone who wants to look it up. Interestingly, it's got the world's record for the heaviest snowfall. Oh, do um do people snowboard there, or is it too heavily snow covered? 
I don't know, but I'm going to find out. Not for this podcast, but I'm going to find out later for personal snowboarding reasons. Uh, this lonely life caused him to more hatred towards people, and he started practicing black magic and kidnapping young people from Kyoto. At his full transformation, he said he was said to be 50 foot tall, red-skinned, five horns and 15 eyes. That's a lot of eyes. Yeah, so that's pretty beasty. Once word got out, other demons soon joined him on his mountain fortress, and it wasn't long before a small army of Onai that lived with him there. The emperor of Japan got word of all the kidnappings that were going on and was and ordered his best warrior, Riku, to bring the head of Shoten Dojai to him. Riku set out and paid visit to three shrines to help him gain the power of the gods, which handed Riku some sake, which it was said to be poisonous to Onai, which is odd because isn't that alcoholic? Yeah, sake is rice wine. Yeah, so... Or actually, I think sake is just the word for... Sake, I think, might just be the word for, like, alcohol. Like, it's like a drink. You know, you say, like, oh, do you want to go for a drink? Everyone knows you mean an alcoholic beverage. I think it kind Mm. of works like that. But again, I don't know. So imagine if you're... You're the little drunkard. You must be really pissed off if you now you can't drink. Oh, my God, because, well, isn't that the way, though? It's that thing of being, like... Because it's something my dad said to me, like, it's like, the one thing is like, if you start drinking too much, you're never allowed to drink again. Yeah. So it's that thing of alcohol, and it kind of is the thing of alcoholism, like, if you get too drunk, you can't drink anymore. So maybe it's like almost a cautionary tale in, uh, like, drinking. Yeah. Because, I mean, uh, Derek Wibbly from Sum 41, he can't have drink anymore. Well, yeah, that's He's the people... Like- like if he he has any more alcohol, his li- his liver will literally just collapse. Mm-hmm. It's like I had one of my friends, and uh, he, when he was about twenty two, he used to complain of liver sting. I was like, "What?" He's like, "You know liver sting?" I was like, "No, I don't know liver sting." I was like, "How much are you drinking?" So like you know like two three, and like he would drink, but he was drinking like a couple of bottles of like vodka a week. He doesn't drink no more now. Fucking hell! <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised. He he's done his drinking. He's, it's like sugar. You you get a certain amount and then your pancreas goes, no. <laughs> no more sugar. So Rico and his army of people all dress as priests and manage to convince Shoten Dojai to give them lodgings for the night. And they share the sake as a gift, uh, which then kills quite a lot of his army and puts them to sleep. So the ones that weren't didn't die from the poison and could then be just swiftly killed in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. So while the three gods chained Short and Doji down, Riku approached him and sliced his head clean off his shoulders. However, this didn't um, kill Short and Doji, and his head kept trying to attack Riku while floating <laughs> in the air. <laughs> uh, they... At what moment was he then br- the guy? So Riku's coming over there. He's, sl- he's there like, I've got you now, bitch. Just head clean off, and then that head just stays there. Because <laughs> the body, the body great. must be like, Boof. and then that's just a floating <laughs> head. They eventually managed to capture it and put it in a bag, and they buried <laughs> the head in U- Ujai no Hozo, mm-hmm. treasure house of Yuji, uh, at the 
Spydon Temple. So if anyone wants to make the rest of November and December a little bit exciting for 2020, got to get up. Imagine if there's that like everyone's there like thank Christ 2020 is over and then suddenly over Japan a f- giant floating ogre head appears with 15 eyes. <laughs> 15 eyes and five horns. I'm like, ah, fuck. They're like, well, uh, this seems about right. In recent times, however, the they've had a bit of a, I don't know, a change of, change of heart and apparently seem to be a good luck charm. And the Onin masks actually are said to scare away evil spirits as opposed to, like, be part of them. Well, I, that kind of does make sort of sense because if you feel like that, it's almost like the evil spirits have been fused with the human body. And there's probably, if you're a spirit, you probably want to be loosey-goosey with it. You probably don't want to be bound yeah. to anything. Because that's the beauty of the spirit. You can just be wherever you like. But that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a cool, uh, that is a, a, a very weird tale. And uh, we'll go from, from that uh, sort of straight up one to... Uh, Let's take a little short trip over to China now uh, for the for the midnight bus, or also known as bus three seven five to Fragrant Hills. Oh. And you uh, never take that bus again. Like, why? Why have they still got the bus number? But, well, yeah, I, I'm sure it's probably like you know how lots of places in like have got rid of thirteenth floors on like a. I think lots yeah. of places in in Korea they don't have thirteen floors on their buildings or China, they just go straight from the 12th to the 14th. And I have a, I have a fun elevated story about that later as well. Uh, so this supposedly true story took place in Beijing in 1995. And when an old man, or maybe a woman, depending on who you ask in the about this, uh, was waiting for a bus stop at midnight, when they struck up a conversation with a young man who was also waiting at the same stop. When bus 375 came, they both got on. The older passenger sat at the front of the bus with the younger man sitting a couple of uh, rows behind them. Uh, the only other person on the bus was the conductor, which apparently they still had in China in 1995. They may still have them now. I, I have absolutely no idea. But um, a short while afterwards, a two, fi- two shadowy figures were seen at the side of the road, so the bus driver pulled over to let the men on. It was not known if they was actually at a bus stop, but I think that they might have just been fl- waving down the bus. Um, three men got on. There was a uh, two men were supporting a, a disheveled looking man who had his head bowed so no one could see his face. And a little while after they got on, the older passenger for, who was waiting at the original stop started to pick an argument with the young man behind him. And he was telling him how he'd stolen his wallet or her purse. And he demanded that the bus driver pull over so that he could take the young man to the police station. The Driver completely willing to pull over. The two men get off, or woman and man get off the bus. And it was uh, shortly after they disembarked, the older passenger apologised to the young one, saying that the three men had boarded had been ghosts or maybe demons and something terrible was about to happen. And he knew this because they had no feet and floated. It was then said that two days later, the bus was found over 100 kilometres away from its intended destination in the Xiangshan Reservoir, this also known as Fragrant Hills. Three bodies of which were found far more decomposed than two of having been dead for the past two days were found inside the bus and the tank, the fuel tank was supposedly filled with blood. That's awesome. Which 
see this story now it's i've heard i've heard the same sort of version of this tale told in subways in america where supposedly three men get aboard aboard the plate of a butt board um, a subway car with supporting a man and then a man turns up another passenger turns to another one and then fights then gets him off and it turns out he's a policeman and the person in the middle had been dead the entire time so it's uh, sort of so it's kind of a turn on that sort of one but yeah it's uh, yeah. supposedly when i'm looking this up supposedly this is a true story and they give a it's like november the 16th weirdly enough they say this happened in 1995 but I can't find any information about a bus that crashed into a reservoir. But everyone seems to think it's based on a uh, true story. I mean, maybe it's just a cover-up. They cover the... I mean, it could be. It could be like those Chinese murder vans they have driving around. Yeah. I'm going to take us back in time again and back over to Japan. The way, back, way, the way, way, way back machine. Basically, all of mine are from Japan because I'm on a proper Japanese bender at the moment. I don't think you've ever stopped being on a Japanese bender. Yeah, this is true. I really need to go out there. Uh, yeah, you do. And uh, I one day we will cover probably one of the worst things I have ever read. Have you heard of the... the you've girl, read Twilight? Uh, or Fifty I, Shades of Grey? I haven't read Twilight or Fifty Shades. I actually have read the first Twilight book. Or about oh. two thirds of it. There was a, when I was in like year... Whenever I, what, whatever age I was when I was 14. Whatever year yeah. that was that was. I read the girl, first... The girl I, there was a girl I like was reading Twilight, so I like read tried to read the half of the first book, and I also have read like seven chapters of Fifty Shades of Grey, and it is just appallingly badly written. Yeah, I was gonna say I've read read about the same amount of chapters because the girl I was dating at the time was reading it, and I was like, yeah, all right, I'll read it. Yeah, yeah. And I was yeah. like, actually, no. Yeah, and you know, um, so it actually it did answer it does answer Meatloaf's eternal question: what you wouldn't do for love, and it's um, read the rest of Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, but there is a case in from Japan. It's called like the the girl encased in cement. And uh whew, it is brutal. It is nice. Fucking insane. Like we'll do that one day. And it is um yeah, it is bone chillingly horrible. Uh this one's called Gozu or Cow Cowhead. So this one dates roughly back to the seventeenth century, apparently. And is regarding a story so terrifying that he would leave that it would leave listeners so overcome with fear, and they would tremble violently for days on end before dying of fear and fright. <laughs> Basically, have you seen the Monty Python sketch uh, where it's the funniest joke in the world that defeats the Nazis? Yes, I love that sketch. That is a fucking incredible sketch. Yeah, it's basically that. But is that what is that from? Is that from now for something completely different? I'll get, I, yeah, I'm going to say so, because that was the first thing that came to my head when... Although I don't think... Because I know a lot of like our listeners are from California. Is Monty Python even a thing over in America? I don't know. I'll tell you where we're getting big in. Texas. Texas is nice. now our number one American downloads. Oh, sweet. Yeah, man. Put your guns up! I think yeah, that's, they I think that's, Tex, I think that's Texas Tech's uh, motto. <laughs> Put your guns up. They should let us know if Monty Python's a thing over there. And if, if it's not, it's probably not an American-style humour. It's probably a really British thing. It's very British, uh, Monty Python. Uh, <laughs> Wether, surely there is room for a Wether thing. It probably won't land very well over there. No, uh, probably not. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I'm amazed we do. 
the original copies of the story have apparently since been burnt up and probably centuries ago. However, it's said a few copies were made and had been cut up into pieces and scattered around parts of Japan. No one seems to live long enough to explain the whole story to anyone else. However, one recent rumour tells of a school teacher who came across parts of the story while on a school trip. He sounds like a pretty awesome school teacher because he had a reputation for trying to tell horror stories to kids while on school buses and stuff like that while they were like traveling from destinations on school trips. Nice. So he's, he, you know, he's, he's my sort of teacher. Would have gotten on well. And on this particular trip, he decides to tell the part of the cow story he'd come across. The kids begged him not to because <laughs> uh, they're obviously very much aware of this, this, this legend. And, but apparently he became overcome with a need to tell the story and decided to power on through. The next thing uh, he knew, the bus had crashed and all the kids were unconscious. Oh, Jesus. Now, apparently, according to scary, scaryforkids.com, yeah, <laughs> <I know. laughs> totally reliable. That is but... a source, baby. <laughs> There's parts... Of the Japanese version online, I couldn't find these parts, but they've apparently they've translated it uh, roughly to be a story about an archaeologist dig that finds a strange skeleton buried in an abandoned village in the middle of nowhere. It comprises the body of a male, but a head of a cow. There's then apparently a flashback within the story, and to a village starved of famine uh, that have eaten all the animals around, and when Gozu, a.k.a. Cowhead, turns up, the villagers turn on him and kill him, rip him ripping him apart. However, this just unleashes a curse uh, and hell is set upon that village. And that's apparently the first part of the story. Oh, shit, so are we going to be killed by a cowman? Well, I read this like a couple of days ago and I'm still here, so well, that's I haven't good. really become that, that is good. fear. Uh, no, no. Um, but what it is, um, which is cool, because there is a band called the cowmen which their uh the cover of one of their albums is that is a man skeleton with a cow head skeleton on it oh nice it's pretty cool so that's probably it might be connected to this because they are like a horror country band yeah um so uh, taking a break from from cowmen now let us go on to a very timely figure which is also in japan and uh, has been so she this this one goes back to the 17th century, but is now also oh it got a big reinsurg reinsurgence in the 1970s, and uh, this is Kuchisake Ona, or probably said horribly badly, or the Slit Mouth Lady. So if you ever find yourself walking the streets of Japan at night, you best be careful to watch out for a beautiful woman with long black hair parted over a face, wearing a my a white face mask. Mm. Because yeah? COVID, you know. Uh, she, she'll be lurking under a telephone pole. However, if this spirit does appear to you, she will ask you, do you think I'm beautiful? This is when your options begin. If you say no, she'll immediately just pull out a knife and stab you, killing you straight away. However, if you answer yes, she'll then rip off her face mask, revealing a gaping wound that stretches from ear to ear, and then scream, How about now? And it's at this, again, if you, uh, if you say no, she fucking cuts you straight in half. She'll like, I don't know what, if she's got a big pair, in my mind she has a big pair of scissors. 
and cuts you, because that's creepier. But if you answer yes, she'll uh, then she'll gra- she'll grab you and cut your face into the exact same way. So, so you're fucked either way. Yeah, yeah, you're immediately fucked. The only way that you can seem to uh, get away from her if you say you look average. Which I think is most women's worst thing to hear. Or uh, or apparently so-so is what I seem to see everywhere. And if you say this, uh, it gives you a chance to escape her clutches. Because if you basically try and run away without answering, she'll always manage to find herself in front of you. Oh. Like, no matter how fast you run, she'll, she'll, she'll just appear in front of you again. And uh, apparently this, or- this legend's origins lie with the wife of a samurai, as like I said, from the 17th century she was apparently the third she was first seen wearing a kimono that was covering her face but now she's often seen in a, in a trench coat and the face mask so uh, apparently the woman she was so beautiful and obsessed with her looks that one day her husband assumed she was being unfaithful because how vain she was and uh, he slit her face with a samurai skull and exclaimed who will think you're beautiful now and when she died she came back as uh, the slit mouth lady Oh, shit. So, yeah, this uh, legend also appears in South Korea. However, she is referred to as, uh, like, red face or face red face mask because she the difference is she has the same hair parted down in front of her face, but she is wearing a red face mask. But this also, this, this legend has an element of uh, Freddy Krueger to it because it is deemed that the more you speak of her, the more power she gets. And that's like I said, in the 1970s, because she was seen before, but when, in the 1970s, she was seen loathed by kids to the point where, like, there was police patrolling the streets thinking that there was, like, this killer about. And, oh. uh, it's, yeah, it's so basically the more you talk about her, the more likely it is that you can, like, see her. And, uh, weirdly enough, this, uh, legend has a kind of counterpart in America, which has its own it vibes is when you're in a bathroom, a clown will appear to you and stop. ask him... No, okay, just stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just stop. Yeah, yeah. But a clown appears to you and it will say say to you, do you want do you want a quick death or a happy smile? And then obviously, I don't think there's a way of getting away from the, the killer, the face-slitting clown. Uh, I think I'd be dead out of, like, terror anywhere. Yeah, just if, the clown, clown appears to you. in the bathroom. While I'm, like, just chilling out in the bathroom, like... But how fucking unsettling would it be if anyone walk if you walking down the street and someone pops out in front of you and goes, "Do you think I'm beautiful?" I might start doing that to people. <laughs> just lurking in the street would be just to be yes, just to get them away. Yeah. Do you think I'm beautiful? Rubbing my nipples. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna. I want to take you on a, another little, uh, another quick short one. Again, from Korea, uh, where is this one? So this is the one I mentioned before. And they, this is often says it is referred to as the man in the elevator. So Ooh. there was a, uh, a 19-year-old girl named Haruku, Haruku, Haruko. And uh, she, was lived, she was attending university in a very large Korean city. I'm imagining Seoul. And uh, she lived in, on a, in a high-rise apartment on the 14th floor. So as she was getting in... Into the, it was late at night, and as she was getting in the elevator, just as the doors were closing, a very attractive man runs up, runs on and puts his hand out, and she opens the door for him. She he stands close, and they they strike up a conversation. It's quite flirty, 
and uh, he gets off on the thirteenth floor. And as he gets as he gets out of the elevator on the thirteenth floor, he pulls out a knife and he says, "I'll see you upstairs." Then the doors close. She frantically, Haruka frantically is like trying to press every button, trying to stop the thing, but the elevator just keeps going uh-huh. up. And then, then the elevator doors open, and then he, the man appears in front of her, and she's never seen again. Shit. And this, people in Korea will say this is why both that there are the, the issue is of 13 floors, which you do not see, plus also what led to elevators having the stop button put into them all right yeah but again of course there's no maybe elisa lamb was like being haunted by that guy but that's what they said because that was another thing they said that she may have been playing because obviously she was uh well she was canadian but korean descent so uh possibly she does press a lot of yeah, the buttons maybe it wasn't the elevator game maybe yeah maybe she's trying she's being there like fuck me it's just she's just trying to get it to stop it anywhere else yeah shit I want to introduce you to Kashima Rieko. Uh, she is said to be a vengeful spirit or onroi uh, that can be found dragging herself around the urban areas and railway stations and tracks in Japan, hunting her victims after she herself fell on a railway line as a teen and was tragically cut in half by, by a train. She may not have been cut in half. It may also have been suicide or she may have been pushed. Uh, She's said to be a young woman or late teen with long black hair, claws instead of hands. Ooh. Oh, I don't like that. Uh, I don't know know why I don't like that so much, the fact she has claws. But I think it's probably like just where her skin's been worn down to the bone. Oh, well, she's dragging herself, so it's just like bones. And they appear to be filed. Oh, and it's like yeah. filed from her dragging herself. Oh, that is creepy. Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm imagining. Uh, she also apparently wields a, sky, a scythe. Oh, so like death. Yeah. And is nicknamed Teke Teke from the sound that she makes when her body is being pulled across the railway, across the railway track. Oh, oh, that's creepy as fuck. Yeah. Like Hanaku-san, there's a few different uh, versions of the story, some involving suicide, others are tragic accidents. Sometimes a magic charm can save you from her, although most of the time you don't actually stand a chance and you're dead either way. Some say uh, there's also rumours that she's just looking out looking out for her limbs or it's a brutal killing spree. It's one of those that's a bit up in the air about most of the details on it, depending on where you read it from. And yes, there's a rumour that she haunts toilets. Oh, of course she does. I had does. to bring that back. You've got you to be in the toilet. So if you're not in the bathroom, yeah. what, what are you doing? Regardless of those, it is said to have taken place shortly after World War II in Hokkaido. Riko was uh, assaulted or abused by someone from the military. She was then either pushed onto the tracks or jumped and seven and a half by a passing train that didn't notice her. Unfortunately for her, the pain didn't end there. The bitterly cold winter night meant that her blood vessels contracted and slowed her bleeding down. Oh, so she's bleeding out quickly. Oh, and it took several minutes of her wriggling around before a passing railway attendant noticed her. He didn't help though. He instead just covered her with a plastic bag, um, and left her to continue to die slow and agonizingly. That's so fucked up. Yeah, 
Oh, that's I mean, unsightly. I hope she came back almost instantly and killed him straight away. I should fucking hope so. Uh, now that I've told you the story, you'll be visited by her in the next three days. Uh, oh, great. Apparently, imp- <laughs> thanks. That's Just that's exactly know. what I needed. Yeah. Well, you know, don't go walking around the railway tracks with Wickham. You'll be well, all right. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on her side. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It's apparently impossible to escape escape her. She can crawl up to 150 kilometers an hour. What? Uh, That's however, horrendous. <laughs> however, if she is just looking for her legs, let her know they're on the uh, Mission Expressway or reply with the phrase Carmen Shinima, which apparently is where her name originates from. And that uh, should help you, really. I don't know if it'll save you. There's also others that say the story is made up uh, to deter people from bullying others. And also, I think, to get people to not play around railway tracks, like you were saying before, with the loud music and Korea. Yeah, yeah, because they're fucking dangerous. Can you remember that guy that was pushing people on the London Underground? Yeah. That was fucking, that was so fucked up. Uh, There's there's two films being released about it as well. This is what, all the research I seem to find... They make films about all this shit so much. They love these urban legends made in films. Yeah. And they're so fucking creepy. It's a 2009 film as well, so it might actually be all right. Oh, probably. Um, So very related to uh, that fucking creepy story is it seems to be the same essential. So the, the creature that chases you essentially is the same. But this is from Indonesia and uh, Jakarta specifically, I believe, which or no... Surabaya, I think that's in that's it. Surabaya is Indonesia, isn't it? Surabaya, yeah, it's Indonesia. Uh, so uh, this is Suster Negasot, and uh, so Suster Negasot, uh, which means crawling nurse, oh, in uh, Indonesian, I believe. Uh, and so she was said to be a beautiful uh, nurse who was working the night shift in a hospital. When uh, she walked into uh, a lab and the doctor who was there on duty apparently grabbed her and then rapes her. After he's finished raping her, he basically cuts the tendons in her, uh, so her Achilles and her knees. Ah, So she can't stand up. And uh, she then just has to drag her body along. And then she like bled out from that and died in the hospital and says to have, uh, has haunted hospitals ever since. They, lots of people say it was a, uh, happened actually in the Sipto Magna Kusumo Hospital in Jakarta. And because of this, uh, they reckon she was a Dutch nurse, apparently, who was, who was gang raped and then had her feet amputated. Fuck. There's uh, another one of the, yeah, because it's all from like the Dutch colonial times where this all started. And uh, another one of the stories that uh, basically that uh, the so sister were apparently appeared in a nursing home in Java, and uh, she would punish the patients because the what was done to her, especially she was just taking out her revenge. Yeah, but uh, so lots of uh, people. This apparently you can still see here. People still see this like to this day. In hospital rooms within within Indonesia, and there was a uh, janitor who was uh, like cleaning somewhere late at night, 
and he heard a woman like basically screaming in agony. And as he like went to investigate, he saw like the ghost like dragging its way along the corridor towards him, and then he uh, quit this job. <laughs> he was there like absolutely fucking no way. Arm out. Which I imagine you just like throw Fuck down this. the mop and you just fucking book it out of there. Oh yeah, you're ringing, you're handing your notice in over the phone as you're leaving the house. I'm not even handing my notice in. I'm out. <laughs> I'm gone. And when they call me, I'm like, fuck no. There was that ghost broad on the floor. Yeah. But uh, uh, so so that was a very connected one. But now let's let's um go to some Korean beauty, uh, but based on beauty urban legends. So two All of right. them, two of the main beauty-based urban legends from South Korea seem to be one. There is one called the cockroach facial, and the other, which it very much it feels like you know the spider in the beehive. The woman has the big hair, and spiders lay eggs in it. Oh yeah, you know, you know that classic one. It kind of has a little touch of that on it. And the other one is the sesame seed skin cream. And so there was said to be a young woman from uh, Korea, and she was again very very vain, and she was obsessed with her looks. And after trying, she wanted to get the softest, clearest skin. And after she tried many, many other products, she went to a magical sort of witch doctor who said that she should cover her skin in sesame seeds before bathing in the bath. And it would rejuvenate all of her skin. So as she went home, her pet, after she was in the bathroom for many, many hours, her parents began to worry. And they, as they banged furiously on the door, and she kept saying, in a minute, in a minute, in a minute. After, again, another hour or so, they burst down the door... And there she was, covered in black dots, picking out the sesame scenes that have sunken into her pores. Oh. Yeah, apparently she was using a toothpick to pick them all out. Oh, fuck me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fearful. Yeah, yeah. So, and the other one, okay, this is deemed to be a boy had very, very bad, horrendous acne, probably like mine. Probably like if you, when you, his bed looked like a Jackson Pollock every night, like mine did. Oh. And uh, he was so fed up of having this terrible act that he looked everywhere for different remedies and cures. And he saw somewhere that a cockroach, if you sleep with a cockroach on your pillow, by the morning your skin will be cleared. So him being like, oh, terrified of this, he took two cockroaches and laid them on his pillow and then went to sleep. When he woke up in the morning, he was completely miraculously, his face was cured. There was nothing gone and his and his skin was clearer than it had ever been. And he was... Doing so, he then grew very vain and then basically became a bad person because he now thought he was so beautiful and attractive. However, throughout the next few days, small marks started appearing on his face. In the, And then when he went to the doctors, they couldn't really seem fine. And then until suddenly, thousands of baby cockroaches poured from his flesh. Oh. As the cockroach has, had not only eaten his acne, but had laid their eggs within his paws. So again, it's That's another one of the. Nightmare. <laughs> we've seen like, people like, like stories where like, people have spiders crawling the ear and like legs and shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. There were, I heard a podcaster talk about one morning he basically he uh, woke up and he said it, all he could hear was like, and it just sounded like it was the loudest thing ever. And he was like screaming. He was like, all like and eventually, like, his girlfriend went down and they pulled out and apparently it was like a spider the size of, like, a fucking two-pound coin had crawled inside his ear and gotten all stuck. Oh, fuck. I remember um, yeah. in second year, when, we were, when I was living in Priory, we, and, like, Ashley woke us up in the middle of the night and was like, 
there's something in my ear. I'm like, there's not something in you. She's like, there's a ladybird in my ear. Cause like my room was in. Oh my God. Your house was so covered in ladybirds. It was, it was unreal. It was just, I don't even know how there was that many. I've never seen as many in my life. But you know what's so weird is though, that's like a weird fucking curse thing because your next house was covered in fucking slugs. Yeah. What? I was literally literally cursed in uni. Um, so, yeah, she walks up and she's like, there's a ladybird in my ear. I'm like, there's not a ladybird in your ear. Go to sleep. You're just paranoid because, like, you know... It was, Everything's it was, like, covered in ladybirds. There's a logical reason to be paranoid about a ladybird climbing your ear in that house. And she was like, no, there really is. And I was like, all right. right. So I, like, I got a look. I was like, oh, shit. No, there really is. And we had to, like, try and pick it out with pliers and then, like, like little tweezers. Pliers? Do you mean tweezers? Like, little tweezers. Okay. Like, little tweezers. <laughs> You just oh, go in there with a pair of thin nose pliers, <laughs> like fucking Doctor Death. <laughs> and then I think eventually we got it like unwedged a little bit, and then she was shaking her head above the toilet seat, and it dropped out. Oh, so that was a stressful, stressful night. Like, did you just not sleep with earplugs in forevermore? It's really bad for you to sleep with earplugs in, but I, th- I think she did sleep with a few. Like, I'm fucking. I bet it's better than afterwards. sleeping. I bet it's better than sleeping with fucking ladybirds in there. Well, yeah, that's true. I don't think we slept in my room after that night. I think we were sleeping in hers from then on. Because hers that's was fu- less infected than mine. That's fucked up, man. Why yeah. did you never contact anyone and be like, um, there's ladybirds we everywhere? Did. <laughs> we did, and they were like, well, <laughs> house is south-facing. That's not, that's not the issue. <laughs> so fucked up. I swear there was rats in that house as well. There was probably fucking a bit of everything in that house. I wasn't me in. I mean, it was a great house to party in, but it was was me in house. Um, And it's now like luxury flats. Yeah, it looks wicked now. They're really nice. We were looking at one of those. They're just too expensive. Let's go back to Japan. As always. Why not? And talk about Kukuriko, I'm guessing. Uh, it's basically the Japanese Ouija board, except instead of contacting spirits and bringing forth your loved dead ones well, ag- to haunt you and kill you. Again, we don't know if you, if you contact spirits. You could be contacting either elementals or maybe it's a subconscious exploration into your own self. And we'll never find out. And we'll never get to know. Won't let us. Um, it's... It's said to actually tell you exactly when you'll die. So I'm assuming it ends up, you end up communicating with the Shinigami, the gods of death, and they tell you all this, since apparently they can see it above your head anyway, according to a lot of manga and anime. Oh, what? So what? You just have the date? Yeah. Have you not seen Death Note? You really I have seen Death Note. Note. I have definitely seen Death Note, and I don't remember that in Death Note. Yeah, that's explained in there. Um... They can see, the Shinigami can see the date you'll die on the top of your head. Well, it's hard to tell because in Death Note, obviously, he kill, he decides when all these people die. So does that already... So basically, is it written out that he's always going to do that? No, I don't think so. So basically, you, you uh, interfere with it. Yeah, that's him interfering with it. Okay. Um, but yeah, it seems to be very strongly linked to anime, this whole thing. Because when you search for it, that's all that comes up. <laughs> It took a lot of searching through stuff to get to, get to any information <laughs> on it. But it seems fun. We should try that as well. Oh, yeah. Or maybe well, that, that only w- works in Japan. Well, that can't seem right. 
couple other creepy little ones. So I have, again, back in uh, Korea, we have the one that is referred to as the Cuckoo Man. Ooh. And the Cuckoo Man is a, a legend that began spreading quite quickly throughout Korea recently. It's quite a modern day one. And uh, it's seen basically you'll be walking down the streets alone and you'll hear someone going, Cuckoo, Cuckoo. And it will get steadily closer behind you. And basically, when you turn around to look, it's a man, which is said to seem he's a man between uh, like 20 and 30, and he seems to be wearing a hat. And he'll either, he'll either beat you up with a baseball bat or just like, or a back of a hatchet. He'll use like the blunt end of a hatchet. Why the blunt end? I think it's more of a, because I think if you're using the sharp end, it's probably quicker. Yeah. But I'd but, want it to be quicker. If I was killing someone. Well, not if you if you if your other weapon is a baseball bat, I mean, you want more of the blunt floor force trauma rather than a chop chop chop. Yeah, I guess. And I'm uh, all after the bit so of blunt the, force trauma though. Mm, no, no one wants. That's a horrible way to die. I didn't say I want to die like that. I just think it's a fun. Maybe if I'm going to kill a zombie, I'm going for blunt force trauma. Uh, well, it depends if you have um. Yeah, I think blunt force trauma is the best way to kill a zombie because they've got soft, soft skulls, aren't they? Yeah, I'm not going to try and remove the head. Mm, so this is this is the sort of classic uh, one, like the. Do you know, like, have you heard of the Bunny Man, which is like an American urban legend? Yeah, which he like throws a hatchet at you, and he basically it's meant to be like he was escape. It's a man escaped, supposedly escaped from a mental hospital, and he goes around killing young groups of girls. Oh, so and, it's uh, uh, the reboot of Halloween. Yeah, essentially. It, it's essentially, but he's wearing a hat. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, supposedly he basically, if you, if you hear the cuckoo cuckoo and you answer cuckoo cuckoo and then just fucking run away, that supposedly seems to be the way that you can uh, avoid being killed by him or at least brutally yeah. beaten up. Right, and uh, I'm going to close off my one with a probably the scariest one. And uh, this one is called One Two, One Two. And uh, I am reading this one as written exactly by Miss Smiley Face on the Korean Urban Legends on Wattpad.com. <laughs> <laughs> So a reputable source, as always. <laughs> Wait, so are you about to curse me in return of for me cursing you with the... Uh... Thescarykids.com <laughs> No, with uh, Kashima Riko. Yeah, well... you're going to get visited by her in three days' time. Exactly, so uh, you get ready for one, two, one, two. Um, in, in South Korea, so I'm, I'm reading this whole thing because uh, this, this is supposedly something that happened and was banned. Uh, in South Korea, it's very important for students to do well in school. Parents put uh, a lot of pressure on kids. I think this is well known in lots of Asian countries that school is a very important thing. And you sort of, I think yeah. work, a lot of people that pay places in Asia have just a higher work ethic than we do. because And it's not healthy because they've got very high suicide rates. Uh, so it was often, it's used to, students used to literally go back to school at nighttime to do more work. They basically, the whole issue with this, they'd fall asleep in class. So this is why... They basically, you're not allowed to study in South Korea past 10 p.m. anymore because of this. So basically, one night, uh, a girl named Sun Hee was at school and it was quite late. She was studying with a group of other students from her class 
when the lights in the library were on, but the rest of the school was in darkness. After a while, Sunhi needed to go to the toilet, so she took a break from her studies. Telling her friends she'd be back in a moment, she walked out of the library in the darkest of the hallway to the school bathroom. A few minutes later in the library, the other boys and girls began to notice a faint tapping on the window. When they turned round, they saw a pale, gaunt woman standing there, her face pressed up against the window. Her eyes were tightly shut. One long, crooked finger tapped on the window. They wondered what the woman was doing outside. A moment later, the woman opened her eyes and the students gasped in horror. She had no eyes, just deep holes where her eyes should have been. The woman raised her fist, bringing it clashing down through the windows. As the glass shattered, the lights suddenly all went out. Meanwhile, in the bathroom, Sun He was just about to wash her hands. When she was purged into darkness, everything was silent. She never heard the screams of terror coming from the library. There was no way she could have known the pandemonium. The slaughter had just broke out in a few rooms away as she continued washing her hands in the darkness, blissfully unaware of the horrific cries that echoed down the hallway. Just as abruptly as they began, however, the screams ceased. And the school was deathly silence once more. Sun He opened the bathroom door and strolled her way back down the hallway. As she walked into the library, she stopped in her tracks. Dead bodies of the other students were strewn about the library. Some corpses were splued across the floor, where others were draped across the desks and cabinets. She started shaking with fear. Her mind raced as she tried to understand what could possibly have happened and try and understand this massacre. Just then, she heard footsteps echoing down the hallway. Sun, being a smart girl, fought fast and she threw herself on the floor next to her dead classmates. She lay there motionless, playing dead. She listened as something crept into the library. As she closed her eyes tight to pretend to be dead, she heard a rustling sound, a sense that something was looming over her. Suddenly she heard the voice. One, two. One, two. One, two. She sat there, sat motionly, for longer than she could possibly comprehend. She hoped that, something, that whatever had entered the room had since left. However, when she slowly opened her eyes, she saw in the middle of the room stood a pale, ghostly woman in a white dress. Sun closed her eyes and, and fought the urge to scream. She could hear the ghost creeping towards her as again, furthermore, one, two, one, two. The ghost shuffling onto the corpse next to her, getting closer and closer. One, two, one, two. As Sun listened to the chilling voice, the ghost tried not to do anything, didn't want any more attention. As she heard again, one, two, the ghost was drawing even closer. She dared not move. She dared not stare. One, two, one, two. The ghost was almost beside her. The girl tried, she tried not to breathe. Suddenly, the counting stopped. As she sat there, afraid to move a muscle, there was no sounds in the library. After what could have been hours, she did days. Sun eventually slowly opened her eyes. When in front of her, the pale ghost was above her face as she screamed, one, two, before plucking out the girl's eyes. Ah. Ah! That's pretty brutal. 
Yeah, yeah, it's pretty creepy. I, I, that was the last one I found like, late. I was late, late at night, and I was there like, look, this is creepy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that one, uh, that one is uh, full uh, uh, Asian horror, like a maid. And uh, yeah. that seems to be a big... And there seems this is one of the ones that there seems to be the photos of. You know how, like, they have the Russian sleep experiment photos and things like that? Yeah. This seems to be... There seems to be these Photoshop photos of these girls all laying across this library, all dead and stuff like that. So this seems uh, very, very cool. But I do also have one more Japanese uh, thing, and it's a, it's a light one to end on. And it is nice. the... Cursed Kleenex commercial. <laughs> I did do a bit of reading on this. Uh, yes, have you watched? The, have you watched it? No, I haven't watched it yet. Uh, well, I will send you it now, and we will. Uh, we will both. We'll both watch it. Where is? Uh, so I have. Uh, so the, basically, there was this creepy ass commercial uh, done for Kleenex and. Uh, let me just pause that so we can watch it at the same time. Copy this. And it basically features a... I'll say, why on earth are Kleenex doing a creepy-ass commercial? Uh, I don't know. I... Oh, like, sorry. <laughs> your commercials aren't going to make me buy clean, like, your tissues if they're creepy. Because I think the whole point was, it's basically like, it's a whole dry your eyes, mate, kind of tissues. Like, stop being so sulky and, like, wipe your tears kind of thing so it's here it is all right so guys i sent you the i've sent you the link tell me when you're ready to play it and uh we'll play it together all right go, go. it's a fine day people open windows they leave their so the song's creepy already yeah and it's got a weird little ogre child it's going to be a I thought that was a statue. No, it's a little baby. It's going to be a fine day tomorrow. Kleenex tissue this. How weird is that? Yeah, that is one of the weirdest adverts I've ever seen in my entire yeah, life. It's, it's fucking weird. So supposedly some of the things that happened, supposedly that child was like a cursed demon child born to the actress of it and died afterwards. But that's not the case. The kid, the kid's right. still alive, and it's just an, is an actor now. God, he must have love having that on his showreel. Apparently, apparently, everyone from the gaffer to the first to the producer died before the commercial aired. Unfortunately, they didn't. Oh, but supposedly one of the one of the producer died in like a fire, burnt to death in his house. Uh, but I don't think that happened. Uh, apparently, if you watch it past twelve o'clock at night, there's a weird thing happens. And the baby basically turns blue. And uh, so I did that last night. I stayed up uh, late. And uh, whilst either, either after watching my listening to the one, two story and getting myself nice and creeped out, I was there like, well, it's 12.04. It's time to watch the Japanese commercial. So I yep. watched it. Unfortunately, nothing happened. I have found. What if it has to be after 12 o'clock Japanese time? Oh, I didn't even fucking think about that. Which would be now, though. Aren't they like 12 hours? I have absolutely no idea. Mm. Which is, uh, well, nothing happened here again. I've seen someone did a doctored version of it where the, like, there's a weird colour swapping thing where the baby turns blue because obviously they've inverted the colours and stuff like that. 
they also thought people of Japan thought the song which is playing, which is going to, which is called like a fine day tonight or fine day, which they thought was an old German like folklore cursed folklore song, which it's not. Unfortunately, it is a oh. it's a song. Just it's a song in English by an American writer. Uh, so it's not that. So this is the one that I can say is fully debunked, but is creepy as fuck. Yeah, it's the weirdest advert I've seen yeah. ever. And I think it's a, a fine way. I think we'll just probably play put the audio in while we're watching it. Yeah, I'll just, just overlay it because it's it's just fucking weird. Yeah, it's just. There's nothing to it, but this is uh so it's kind of a quite a thing they do seem to have in Japan, which is 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 cursed videos, which as well as there is a cursed pop up is another thing they have, where you see this thing called the Red Room, which is like a it's kind of like Ooh. a snuff murder thing that you see sort of, which are the random pop ups that appear on your computer, and you see someone dying afterwards. But it's very... Um, do you think this all stems from the ring or do you think the ring stems from all this? I think they're probably... I think it's a little bit of both. I think the... I think cursed literature seems to be something that is in within Japanese folklore. And I think cursed literature has morphed its way into modern technologies. Mm. So, so I, I, I... Like how they bastardised Jumanji. Yes, exactly. How they ruined Jumanji by making it a video game. And uh, and uh, I love Jack Black and... Uh, the Rock's fine. I love The Rock. Oh, I mean, The Rock's fine. Well... I'm, 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 I'm not... Uh, I'm, I'm not... I, I'm not a massive, massive Rock fan. Like, everyone seems to be. Everyone's there like, oh, he's nice to his mum. I'm like, and... It's just as surely that's just a That's what most thing. people are nice to their mums. Like, he's just like us. I'm like, no, he's not just like us. He's a billionaire. <laughs> I think all you need to be is be like stupidly rich and be kind of nice, and people are like, will fucking lose their mind over you. Don't know why. Yeah, probably. But uh yeah. So that is our first not our first, because we've already delved into the world, but that our first more deep dive into the world of Asian folklore and urban legends. And uh, yeah. I've had a fucking great time with it. It was it was such a fun thing oh, to research. Great. It was, and I, and I can't wait to be doing not just more of, uh, of Asian urban legends. I can't wait to look into more from across the world. Yeah, I was going to say we should, we should pick somewhere else to go and maybe do somewhere else before we go back to yes maybe Asia. i think maybe if we have a look at like the i'm well obviously i'd love to look into the african one because we've done that a couple of african stories when we were talking about cannibalism because we talked about the leopard men and things like that yeah but definitely maybe look into norse mythology and urban legends because they've got some fucking I used to love norse mythology fun well. ones like they have the hildefirk up in iceland and they have all of they have the yule i believe we've talked about the yule cat have we talked about the Yule Cat? Yes. I can't think I why. Think so. It rings a bell. I can't think what episode that would have been on. But No, me neither. But I'm sure it came up. Yeah, it definitely has. So yeah. Uh so please, if you've got any if you've got any fun urban legends that you know, uh email them us at 109oceanavenue at gmail.com. Or email us any sort of either stories you want us to cover or any uh 
bits that we got wrong and give us any corrections. If not, you can reach us at our Instagram account at 109 Ocean Avenue, or you can reach us personally at our Instagram handles. Jack is at Jack Blink, and I am at Stay Teak. And yeah, uh, I hope everyone's uh, still doing safe and uh, and is doing good. So, yeah. So uh, peace. Cheers. <laughs>